right, it is uh, Thursday, February 29, once in a four-year 2024 Leap Day. My name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America for me. It's always about the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. I can't close my dictionary. I want to start today, if I can, with Proverbs chapter 29, verse 1 and 2. He that being often reproved hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Keep that in mind. That without remedy. Verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. I'd like to, by God's grace, speak today about how to stop and reverse a sanctuary city. I'll be focusing on Tulsa, Oklahoma, a city right down the street from where I grew up and where I went to church and where I know a lot of people. And so I care very much about Tulsa, Oklahoma. And the mayor there, G.T. Bynum, is, I believe, ushering in and has for some time a sanctuary city. But he's doing it with incredible deception. He's doing it with incredible panache. He's doing it with all the talent of a skilled politician. And I believe that unless we get to the fundamental law, the substance of what the government actually is, it will continue for the foreseeable future. So this is specifically for the people in and around Tulsa, in and around Oklahoma City. But if you do not like sanctuary cities, if you want to stop them in their tracks, Follow through the format, follow through the framework, and you will uncover the truth of the law. And then by God's grace, maybe in future episodes, we can actually engage it. But the links in the description below have the state sovereignty affidavit. You can serve that to a mayor. It's got the unlawful alien invasion affidavit. You can serve that to a mayor. It's got the immigration series part one through four, which is over five hours of content walking through the fundamental law regarding that of coming into a nation. So with, uh, without further ado, I want to direct your attention to the way that you can say thank you and support me and my family, the ministry that we do here, and that is to take the money you're already shopping. You're already using money. You're already spending money. Switch it over to American Manufacturing at PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaron. PatriotSwitch.com slash Jaron. When you shop, I get a benefit because that's how I uh, am, you know, in, uh, that's where I'm helped in this situation. But the real help is that you get direct product purchase delivered right to your door within two to three days. Products have no hazardous industrial chemicals. The company has zero liability claims in 40 years of manufacturing. American jobs, American products. Don't give your money to woke godless commies. Give it to an American manufacturing company. Sign up today at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. Myself or someone will get a hold of you. Thank you very much. Now, let's get to the content. I want to start off with a clip from the News on 6. Watch this. Counselor proposes a new ordinance to keep city funds from benefiting illegal immigrants. Other counselors wonder if the ordinance is needed, and they are worried about some of the wording in that proposed law. News on 6's Caitlin Deggs is live with both sides of this debate. Caitlin? Craig and Lori, Jamie Fowler says the ordinance would keep taxpayer dollars from going to people who are breaking the law by being in this country illegally. One city councilor says it would be impossible to enforce because of the way it's written. 
The ordinance says city funds are not to be used to house, accommodate, or benefit illegal immigrants, whether directly or indirectly. District 9 City Councilor Jamie Fowler proposed it. We just, again, want to make sure that the dollars that we have set aside for our, our most neediest, that those stay focused on those folks. Fowler believes the federal government hasn't done enough to secure the border. He says Tulsa doesn't have the resources to house, feed, and pay people who are crossing the border illegally. It would be uh, financially devastating to our city and our citizens if we had to take on this responsibility. Laura Bellis represents District 4 and doesn't think this ordinance is necessary. One of her concerns is with the word indirectly and says it would be impossible to figure out all the ways tax dollars might indirectly benefit someone here illegally. How would you decide that um, if someone shows up to put out a fire, right? We have our fire department that's city funded. If they show up to put out a fire, are they going to stop and check someone's legal immigration status first? She believes immigration should be addressed by the federal government instead of the city and doesn't believe this ordinance is the way to do that. Of course, we also want people to follow laws, but a policy like this where we're trying to decide who does or doesn't get resources and really screen for that creates a climate of fear. The City Council plans to discuss this ordinance at its meeting tomorrow. Live in downtown Tulsa, Caitlin Daggs, Oklahoma's own News on 6. And I hope that you were able to identify some of the thoughts that were going on. As you're trying to pay attention, there's an opportunity to get air-roasted coffee delivered right to your door as a free benefit for distributing Bibles across America. The Private Membership Association at HumbleWB.Coffee does such a thing with air-roasted coffee. No preservatives right to your door. Amen. Uh, let's look at this. There's uh, That video started off with two sides. This is the very first thing that people are going to get deceived on. The very first thing is that the news media presents an issue and it says, let's look at the two sides of this debate. This is a false equivalency. This is not a false equivalency. This is a false dichotomy. The false dichotomy is to draw your attention to a thing, but only present two positions. Now, I happen to believe, and I know and I'm about to show you, that there's no such thing as public funds going to benefit aliens. And so this is where I want to come alongside Councilman Fowler, who's trying to pass this ordinance to say that no aliens or immigrants can receive public funds, which is taxes, indirectly or directly, which is true. But notice the uh, premise is that he's, he's saying that you can't use taxes to benefit aliens. Let's go back to the Oklahoma Constitution and see if there's any power to tax. Whenever the power to tax is granted, is the power of taxation ever granted for that the public funds go to the benefit of an alien? If you want to know the definitions of aliens, look it up. But the immigration series below walks all through that. So I'm not going to build off what I've already done. Or I am going to build off what I've already done. I'm not going to go back and review everything. So let's go to the Oklahoma Constitution if we can. So I'll go here. This is the Oklahoma Constitution on Ballotpedia. Let's scroll down to Article 10 and let's just find the taxation authority. Revenue and taxation. Now when we go to revenue uh, and taxation, let's scroll all the way down to 19, all the way down to section 19. When we get to section 19, what are we, 10? Shoot, we gotta keep going, section 19. Section 19, Oklahoma Constitution, article 10. Boy, it's long, here we go. 
Every act, look at this, every act enacted by the legislature and every ordinance and resolution passed by any county, city, Tulsa's a city, town or municipal board or local legislative body levying a tax shall specify distinctly the purpose for which said tax is levied and no tax levied and collected for one purpose shall ever be devoted to another purpose. This is Oklahoma Constitution, Article 10, Section 19. The reason why this is important, this media story construed two sides, one in which a councilman is trying to pass an ordinance stopping public funds going to illegals or aliens, and the other saying, well, it would be too impossible to enforce and we can't, and it creates a climate of fear while she was speaking with Upspeak, typical millennial feminist. So the issue is not, does, the, uh, does Tulsa need to stop money from going to aliens? The issue in the law is that Tulsa, whenever it is granted the power to tax, it can never tax and use monies for a different purpose, which would mean that if Tulsa uses monies for aliens, there must be somewhere where the people voted to authorize the city of Tulsa to give tax monies for the purpose and the benefit of aliens. There has to be. Or else there is mismanagement, or my favorite word, maladministration of taxation. So this is not, in this case, this is not an alien issue. This is a revenue issue. So again, the media is construing this as Jamie Fowler, councilman, not wanting or wanting to block public monies going to aliens and then some you know other lady I forgot her name she's saying that well it's too it's too impossible it's impossible to enforce and it has a climate of fear neither one is looking directly at the granted power of the Oklahoma Constitution what that says that you cannot collect attack attacks unless it is distinctly right distinctly which is specific it shall specify distinctly the purpose. Now, this is getting to a very fundamental and necessary idea. And that is that the Constitution is an express trust. If you go to the immigration series, I speak about it there, so I'm not going to go further. But you need to look at the Constitution and the written words of the Constitution. Now, let's go to Tulsa. Because this is the mayor of Tulsa tweeting... What he says here, this is Mayor of Tulsa tweeting around. And I, it doesn't make it any bigger, so we'll just do it like that. Wait, 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 wait. Can I make this bigger, 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 bigger? There we go. There we go. Okay, here we go. This is GT Bynum. This is the Mayor of Tulsa, and this tweet came out like a week ago, I think, something like that. It says, I generally, and so this guy right here, I contend, is the one ushering in the sanctuary city of Tulsa. He is laying the groundwork to facilitate the importation of non-Tulsans and non-Oklahomans and non-Americans into America. Let him speak for himself on this tweet. I generally don't waste time responding to ridiculous garbage. So you already know he's using uh, um, you know, good language. He's using uh, good adjectives, right? He's being political here. He's showing his uh, con context being circulated around town. But it has begun to distract from important progress, right? Progress. But now you notice that the gossip train's coming up. 
Understand, folks, government is political, and politicians don't squawk until there's pain or something's obligating them. If this man says it's been circulating around town, that means a lot of people are burning down his phone. That means a lot of people are really upset with how he's doing stuff. But he's calling it important progress. We, inclusive, are making in Tulsa, so it's time to make an exception. So he's going to come down from on high and tell us peasants about what's going on. It has become very clear that immigration will be a wedge issue in this year's federal elections. Stop. You notice what he just did. He just made immigration a political issue. One of elections, one of comment, one of talking and debating as though there is no set standard, only opinions. And that his opinion, psychologically, is that he doesn't want it to be a wedge issue, which implies he wants to be unified. He wants to be one with everybody. He's trying to be unified and the team builder and everything's good and everything's happy. And he does he downplays the role and impact of non-Americans coming into America. And he says that if you are against non-Americans coming into America, you are somehow divisive. And then he's subjecting it further to that of it's just a cyclical occurrence. Only because there's an election do you actually care about non-Americans coming into America. Only because you're going to be able to vote do you actually care about what's going on. This is how he considers it in his head. And by God's God's grace, we will change that. This is an important debate. Oh, yes, it's an important debate. This is him uh, saying, there, there, peasant, this is important. I, I hear your concerns. And in the midst of the national debate, we in Tulsa continue working to make Tulsa the best city. Look at this. Continue to make Tulsa the best city it can be for immigrants who leave their homeland to seek opportunity in our city. Now, if you were to ask G.T. Bynum, what is the purpose of the city of Tulsa? He's telling you. The purpose of the city of Tulsa with respect to immigration is to make Tulsa the best city it can be for immigrants. Now, if you're not an immigrant, does does an immigrant coming to Tulsa harm you? Is there an expense? Do you lose a job to this immigrant? Are your tax dollars going to benefit uh, this immigrant? Is there a controversy? What is the controversy? And here's where the layered language of lying politicians will completely snoop you. It's, it can be for immigrants who leave their homeland, emotional heartstrings, opportunity for a city. This has led people in some instances to assume the worst about what we're doing. Now, hold on. To assume means that it's not fact. The worst is that of hyperbole. You're going to assume the worst instead of becoming some type of uh, normal arbiter with some objective standard, right? Like the objective standard of Article 10, Section 19, that you have to specify distinctly the purpose of the tax that's levied and that no levied tax or collected for one purpose shall ever be devoted to another, right? Like that's specific, but we ain't talking like that, are we? He's saying you're going to assume the worst about what we're doing and in other instances to blatantly lie about it. Well, if you're going to blatantly lie, that means facts must be established. So let's establish some facts, GT. 
let's actually look at what's going on. What I want to do right now is I want to take you to Article, excuse me, yeah, Article 19 of the Oklahoma Constitution. Now, keep in mind for those guys that aren't in Tulsa and aren't in Oklahoma who want to fight sanctuary cities. So far, what we've done is we've looked. Hold on, let's uh, let's get your eyes. We've done, we've done taxing authority, right? Taxing authority, taxing. We'll just write it right here. Uh, Taxing authority, right? So we want to do this. Taxing authority, boom. Taxing authority, frame. We'll call this the frame. Frame uh, against, frame versus sanctuary, can't spell, sanctuary cities, right? So frame versus sanctuary cities, number one. Taxing authority. Number two, you want to go uh, municipal corporations, municipal corps, slash uh, city. Uh, no, no, we'll just we'll do that. In this, this is in your state constitution. So for you guys taking notes, you want to look at your taxing authority, state constitution. You want to look at the taxing authority state constitution. You want to look at the municipal corporation state constitution. So let's do that right now when we go to Article 18, Oklahoma Constitution. Article 18, Oklahoma Constitution. You can just read Section 1. A municipal corporation, which is a city, shall not be created by special laws by the legislature. By general laws shall provide for the incorporation and organization of cities and towns and the classification of the same in proportion to population subject to the provisions of this title. So this is telling you that literally every city and town is going to be incorporated and it's going to be organized. So it has a... Um, consolidation it's got an entity it's got a piece of paper that tells you what it is and it's got some framework for how it operates and it is always what subject which is underneath in subjection to the provisions of this title so if you want to in Oklahoma look at what every single city that is incorporated Every single city that is incorporated must be subject to, controlled by, dictated to this, uh, this article. So then we go to um, section two. Every, every municipal corporation now existing within this state, because the state constitution was ratified in what, uh, 1907, when the state was adopted into the union. So there were municipal corporations that pre-existed statehood shall continue with all of its present rights and powers until otherwise provided by law and shall always have the additional rights and powers conferred by the constitution. Do not miss rights and powers are what conferred by the constitution. So cities only have rights and powers conferred, given, granted by what? The Constitution. The Constitution grants powers and authorities to cities. Cities, municipal corporations, have no powers outside of the Constitution. Now, let's go to Section 3A. Now, we're only going to read a little bit because there's a ton right here in 3A, but watch this. Any city containing a population of more than 2,000 inhabitants may frame a charter for its own government. 
consistent with and subject to, which means it has to parallel, it can't go against, and it so which means it's not going to be repugnant. Repugnant means contrary, and subject to, which means controlled by the constitution and laws of this state. So this means every single city, let's get your eyeballs, every single city is going in Oklahoma is going to have a charter, which is a piece of paper. It's just going to have paper. It's going to have paper that tells you what its rights and powers are. And the rights and powers are going to be given from the Constitution. So the Constitution is going to create or allow a piece of paper to define the rights and powers of a city. Make sense? All right. So now we're going to go to the city of Tulsa. This is the city of Tulsa's website. I uh, looked up. Um, I, you know, I just Googled city of Tulsa charter. So this is city charter ordinances and executive orders. Now this gets us to our third part of the frame. The third part of the frame is the city charter. This is like the constitution for your city. And we're going to say original. We want the original. Because there's a maxim that says no amend, no amendment repeals fundamental. It's hard to write on a piece of paper while holding it down with your hand. Principle. So fundamental principles can't be repealed or amended. So whenever there's a city charter, the original charter is going to say what the fundamental principles are. And no amendment to that city charter can repeal the fundamental principles. This is crucial. Let me actually find that. Let me turn this off. Let me get my maxims. Let me get my maxims out. I believe it's in the maxim seven. Let me, uh, let me find this real fast. Uh, da, 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 da. Yep, here it is. It's under the portion of a null and change and a bridge. So let's go handy dandy. Then we go this. So it's maxim what? 7L. An amendment to the original instrument is not a repeal. Fundamental principles are not annulled by amendment. So they're right there. There's your maxim. An amendment to the original instrument is not a, a, a repeal. So that means whenever you find the original um, charter of a city, it cannot be it cannot repeal fundamental principles. So now we want to know what are the fundamental principles of the city charter of Tulsa. Well, Tulsa's charter was amended right here. You see this, the 1989 amended charter. You see that up there? Let me let me jihad this real fast. See that the 1989 amended charter now. Where's, uh, can I scroll? Okay, it just did stuff. All right, so here we go. This is the 1989 amended charter, which tells you that this is not the original. But let's see what it says. This is Article 1, Section 1, Incorporation and Powers. Did you not just see the Constitution say what? Um, uh, charter, right? A charter for what? It's, uh, where we, where'd you, where does it go? Uh, incorporation incorporation and then it has what rights and powers so you see that incorporation the word incorporation right there article uh, 18 section 1 and then rights and powers article 18 section 2 and then right here in section 3 it's got a 
charter. So you see right there, you've got the frame, which is looking at the city charter. So now we go to the city charter. It says here, all people residing within the corporate limits of the city of Tulsa as they exist upon the effective date of this amended charter or as they may hereafter established hereafter shall continue to be a body politic. A body politic. Let's stop right there. We have to stop right there. And that is where we are going to go to our uh, definitions. What I need to do here now is I need to show you the definitions of body politic. This is the Black's Fourth Dictionary definition of body politic and corporate. A social compact by which the whole people covenants with each citizen. Slow this down. It's a social, meaning it's a phenomena among people, right? So people are in society. So we're speaking about a society. So this is a construct. This is a thing. It's an arrangement. It's, an arra it's a relationship in society by which the whole people that is literally everybody that's that's everybody that's there so in this case everybody that was physically present in Tulsa covenants right so a covenant and we can look up that definition with each citizen and each citizen with the whole people so you understand that um, people is not citizen and citizen is not people let's look up the word covenant Let's look up the word covenants. Sorry, I didn't uh, have this word. Covenants, 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 covenant. Here we go. And it's a big word, obviously. All right, here we go. Here's my this, and here's this. Uh, I got to turn this off real fast. Covenant, 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 covenant. The name, the name of a common law form of action ex contractu. So it's a, it's a, uh, it's a contract, right? So it's, it's a written thing, which lies for the recovery of damages for breach of a covenant under contract or seal, right? So that's the practice of it. But let's look at if we got express or implied, it's an agreement, principle, I'm looking for cities. I'm looking for cities. I'm looking for some type of thing that connotes uh, government. As you can see, it's a very big definition. What we want is we want to look for the part that's uh, relevant for um, uh, use, like how we're going to use it. Um, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's an agreement. It's an agreement. So it's a written, it's a written document. So it's a written document. We'll, we'll take it for that. I mean, if you want to do a deep dive on what's it called the covenant, you're more than welcome to. But what I want to look at here is that body politic is a written document, right? It's a, it's a whole people where the whole people covenants with each citizen. So the whole people covenants with each citizen and each citizen with the whole people. This tells us that people may not be citizens, and citizens um, uh, don't necessarily have to be people, right? And so now we need to understand each of these words. So if we look up citizen, uh, well, first of all, let's let's finish this out. Let's say um, it's the whole people that all shall be governed by certain laws for the common good. So it's a it's a societal relationship 
where there's members of the civic body called citizens that have duties and responsibilities in relationship to the whole of the people. And the whole of the people may not necessarily be inside the civil body. Here is where there is a citizen. A citizen, right? A member of a free city or jural society. So we're again speaking about societal relationships. Possessing all the rights and privileges which they can be enjoyed by any person under its constitution and government and subject to the corresponding duties. Now, this is where you need to understand what your government is, which is why I said it earlier, pointing you to the express trust. I'd like to, at this moment, go to the Virginia Constitution, and I want to look at Article 1. And I want to, in Article 1, show the... Um, what's it called? Show the... Show this. Article 1, Section 1. That all men are by nature equally free and independent. Hold on. Stop right there. We just saw the definition of citizen that said they are under its constitution and government. So if you are under a constitution and government, are you nature naturally free and equal or free and independent? See, what we have not been taught is that by nature, we are equally free and independent and have certain inherent rights of which, look at this, when they enter into a state of society, this is telling us that societies are voluntary. They are voluntary associations. Now, if you want to learn way more about this topic and learn how to absolutely destroy stuff, I would encourage you to go to my teacher, Dave Jose, who's taught me on Twitter, Real Dave Cares for number four letter U, uh, Dave Jose, Real Dave Cares for you. Now, the reason why this is important is if we go back to citizen. The citizens are members of a community. Well, those communities are voluntary associations. So when you go to your body politic, the body politic is combined between citizens who are voluntarily associating in a society and the whole people, which means if a citizen is uh, voluntarily associating in a society, then that means that the people doesn't necessarily have to associate with that society, which is why you are free. You are free, equally independent, and have certain inherent rights. These inherent rights precede the Constitution. So if your inherent rights precede the Constitution, then when a citizen is subjected to the Constitution, it means your inherent rights are not under or subject to the Constitution. Does that make sense? This means that you, when you voluntarily participate in the city, you are acting as a citizen. This is what Americans have been taught and trained with our education. We have been trained to consider ourselves as always participating in government. Always. We have not realized that we are image bearers of God and are by nature free and independent with inherent rights. And we have not been taught that we enter into a state of society. Because we have not been taught that, we think that we are always members of this civic body. 
which means we think that we are always under the jurisdiction and the control of the Constitution. But that is not what the definition of body politic gets at, does it? Body politic gets at the fact that there is people and citizens, and they both have an agreement to each other. Let me see if I can show this pictorially. There is a woman that I love. Not she is, you know, she's just a friend, right? Sister in Christ. Her name is Celestial, and she drew this picture. This picture is trying to graphically depict a civil society with citizen beneficiaries and citizen servants. So you've got God, the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, right? The Holy Spirit. Um, uh, then he says, let us make man in our own image, in our own likeness. And then right here to the right, you've got the three people. Now, those three people have the thought bubble that go to the right. And it says, let us make government uh, full of paid servants and serve us, benefit us, and keep them accountable in their conduct and let us control over them so they will not turn against us and oppress us. Let us require they all agree to all terms or they cannot work for us. That is what you have in a constitution. That's what you have in a constitutional republic. That is what we've got right now. We have a society where there are constitutions, right? The city of Tulsa's charter does what? It calls it a body politic. And the uh, Oklahoma Constitution says what? The charter for its own government, consistent and subject to the constitution and laws of the state. So this means that the city is subject to the constitution, but that the people are not. The people are the ones who create government, and the people who create government allow opportunities for citizens to be members of. And if you are a member, you are voluntarily participating according to the rules. Now, the rules are what you have written in constitutions. Those constitutions, or in this case, city charters, are going to tell you exactly what can be done. Now, I had to go slow and I had to walk through this because as soon as I look at the powers of Tulsa and I say it's a body politic, everybody who's listening to me, unless you've learned from Dave, everybody who's listening to me blows right past that. And no one slows down and recognizes what's actually happening. See, What's happening in the 1989, we haven't even got to the original yet, but the 1989 amended charter to Tulsa is saying that people in Tulsa created the charter, they amended it. The people amended the charter, so they changed the rules. Now, I showed you earlier how an amendment to an instrument does not equal a repeal. So if there is a 1989 amended charter of city of the city of Tulsa, that means that if it tries to repeal fundamental principles from the original, it can't do that. So it makes sense that you need to know that you are in a body politic. And if you come as one of the people, you are not coming as a citizen. If you come as a citizen, you are subject to the constitutions and the government. If you come as one of the people, you are coming as someone who's on the right side of the screen, who creates government, and then puts their servants in subjection to them. 
So then they say, let's all put them in work to put them in the public realm. And then you have that civil society right there in the big circle where it talks about the public realm. And in the middle, you've got someone, probably Dave Jose, eating watermelon, reading a book because he's a black dude from Detroit. And then you've got other people that are serving them. They're sweeping the ground. They're picking up the trash. They're serving the drinks. They're fanning them with olive branches to keep them cool and like comfortable. That is what our servants are supposed to do. This is your government. Your government are citizen servants. They are trustees and servants to the people. Now, if you look to the Virginia Constitution, let's go back. If you look to the uh, Virginia Constitution and you go back to this, it says, this is Article 1, Section 2, that all powers vested in consequently derived from the people. That magistrates are their trustees and servants and at all times amenable to them. That is this picture. The people in government are there to serve you. If you think that you are a citizen, you think you are supposed to be the servant. And because you think you are supposed to be the servant, you do the serving when people like freaking dumb GT Bynum comes up and he says, well, this is a, this is a wedge issue. He's talking to you like you are supposed to be on his team. He's talking to you as though Tulsa is to be the best city it can be for immigrants who leave their homeland and seek opportunity in our city. His own pronouns betray him. Their homeland is not our homeland. Our city is not their city. You notice the different status. And this is why it's important to go to the immigration series in the links below. So when you understand this picture or something like it, the people who are outside that big circle are living privately. That's you when you go home to your family. That's you at the dinner table. That's you uh, driving down the road in your car listening to whatever it is that you listen to. Listening to the Jaron Jackson live stream. Amen. You are in the private. When you enter into the public, now you participate according to the rules as a citizen. This matters because when we look to the city of Tulsa's charter... We can look at the fact that the city of Tulsa is going to continue, which means it was before 1989, to be a body politic and corporate known as the city of Tulsa. And under this name shall have perpetual succession. So it's always going to be doing this. It can use a common corporate seal. It may be sued, in sued. Look at this. May enter into contracts. And that right there is how they destroy. This right here is how cities become sanctuary cities. They can enter into contracts. Now, I want to camp out on this real fast. When a city enters into a contract, it is done under the presumption that it is for the city's benefit. It is for the inhabitants' benefit. So when the city enters into a contract and the stupid mayor is telling you that this is to make the city of Tulsa the best for immigrants to leave their homeland an opportunity for our city, he's telling you we are doing what we do in order to benefit you guys, this Tulsans. Now, of course, Tulsans don't agree with this. Tulsans don't agree with this at all. 
but Tulsans don't know what a body politic is. And Tulsans don't know that the city is entering into contracts and then construing those contracts to be purposed to be benefiting the body politic. My question is if the body politic is the social compact by which the whole people covenants with the, each citizen, if the corporate charter from uh, uh, 1989 was talking about all people residing within the corporate limits, are the all people residing within those corporate limits from 1989, did they mean in 1989 that the city could enter into contracts to make Tulsa the best city it can be for immigrants who leave their homeland to seek opportunity in our city? Is that the purpose of the city of Tulsa? What I'm getting at is the fact that if you are the boss, if you are the boss of government, then you can tell government that they're doing wrong. I want to also take you to Virginia Constitution. Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section 3. That government is, or ought to be, instituted for the common benefit, protection, and security of the people. We keep seeing this word. People. We keep seeing that word. We keep seeing this word, people, people. We keep seeing that word. What does that word mean? What does people mean? Let's turn that screen off real fast. The word people. This is the word people. A state as the people of the state of New York, a nation in its collective political capacity, the aggregate or mass of the individuals who constitute the state. In a more restrictive sense, and as generally used in constitutional law, so this is generally used in constitutional law, the entire body of those citizens of a state or nation who are invested with political power for purposes, for political purposes, that is the qualified voters or electors. Now see, what they're doing here, even in this definition, they're saying in a more restricted sense, it's generally used in constitutional law. But then it goes on to tell you that you're a citizen. If you are one of the people, you are not a citizen. You are someone who is creating government. You are someone who is constituting the nation. You are someone who is the boss. This is the highest status in the law in America. The reason why this matters is that if we go back to our Virginia Constitution, Article 1, Section uh, 3, I'm sorry, it says, the government is for our benefit, protection, and security, nation or community, of all the various modes and forms of government that is best which capable of producing the greatest degree of happiness and safety and is most effectually secured against the danger of maladministration and whenever any government shall be found inadequate or contrary to these purposes. Whenever any government shall be found inadequate or contrary to these purposes. Does the original city charter say that it, it, Tulsa needs to be the best city for immigrants to leave their homeland to seek opportunity in our city? Does the definition of body politic include foreigners? Are foreigners part of the body politic? If someone is not from Tulsa, if someone is not from Oklahoma, are they part of the body politic? This matters because, as I'm showing you in the, um, in the city charter, in the amended city charter of Tulsa, they are entering into contracts with non-governmental agencies or they're getting uh, government grants from the feds to do things to undermine, but here's the most important part, to change 
the body politic. And that's the issue. Here you have a corporation who can enter into contracts and is receiving money and has a trustee whose perception of his job, his understanding of his job, is to make Tulsa the best city of immigrants, or the best city for immigrants. So this trustee, remember, remember the Virginia Constitution says that magistrates are the trustees and servants and at all times amenable to them. Who are they amenable to? The people. Who is the people? Well, they're the ones that form the society Right? They're the ones that are literally of the nation and they enter into societal constructs called body politics where the people who want to live their private lives and don't want to be messed with covenant with those people who do want to voluntarily associate in government according to the rules of the government written on the constitutions and the city charters. So if the people in the government and in the uh, city charters if they are going against the people who are outside, who are in their private uh, lives, if the people in the government are using the powers of the government to go against the people privately, then the people in the government are doing what? They are maladministrating, they are maladministrating government. And anytime, whenever the government shall be found inadequate, this just means that you're judging, hey, you're not doing your job. You're not doing your job. You're trying to make this city attractive and the best city for people to leave their homes to come here. You're literally trying to change the demographics of Tulsa. That is not your job. You do not have that power. And I'm going to show it to you. Okay? So when this is happening, the response, contrary to these purposes, so opposite, repugnant to these purposes, a majority of the community hath an indubitable, inalienable, indefeasible right to reform, alter, abolish as, much, as such manner as be judged most conducive to the public will. If we go back to this charter, it talks about all the other stuff that the city can do. Now look, now this city's powers has all these things. It's uh, They can purchase, gift, devise, lease, exercise the power of eminent domain, sell, lease, hold, manage, control such property as interests of the city of Tulsa may require. So they can do everything as the interests of the city of Tulsa may require. Look at this. Except as prohibited by this amended charter, the city of Tulsa shall never have and may exercise, shall have and may exercise all powers, functions, rights, privileges, and immunities over every nature and to the fullest extent permitted by and subject to what? Only to such limitations imposed by the Constitution of Oklahoma, by such laws of Oklahoma, binding upon cities, adopting their charter for their own government under the authority granted by Article 18, Section 3, which is what we uh, read earlier right here. Article 18, Section 3, right? And then what? Of the Constitution of Oklahoma and the Constitution and laws of the United States of America. So now we need to figure out what is the such limitations imposed? What are the limitations imposed onto governments? And this, my friends, is where we need to go to Oklahoma Constitution, Article 2, Bill of Rights. So this is where we'll come back to our frame, the frame verse frame verses where we at handy dandy here's the uh where's the where's my mouse producer of one here's the uh thing 
So frame, oh, that's the wrong pen. Frame versus uh, sanctuary cities. You go to the taxing authority, look at the state constitution. They can't use public funds. Uh, it's got to be specific, right? Um, no uh, tax for aliens, right? You got to find that. You have to find that language. It's got to be specific. And if they're doing this, then they're breaking the law and you can really hem them up because they're now using powers of taxation to take your money, to deprive your money to benefit people who aren't the purpose of government. Yeah, that, that's, that's trust fraud. This is called trust fraud. This is trust fraud and these people go away to jail. It's also, if you swear to your rights, it's also called treason, right? So municipal corporations, which are entities, just think uh, entity, entity, right? Entity, which is just a piece of paper, right? And you look up your state constitutions. So find that uh, which is going to regulate. And it's going to say, um, you know, uh, it's going to say general law, which is, you know, there, general law. And it's going to say, um, you know, limitations, uh, stuff like that, right? Then you go to your city charter. So we're going to look at the original. We've just looked at the 1989 one. And I just showed you the maxim, no amendment repeals a fundamental principle. But you look at the city charter, the city charter is going to do what? It's going to express the powers. Express means written. Powers are the things that it can do. Right. So uh, the, the, the sanctuary cities, we'll call them, hold on. Let me see. I can't, I don't have multiple hands sanctuary and so whenever i write the paper moves so it doesn't do stuff and i have to hold it with my elbow so let me hold it with my elbow and try to write um what am i trying to write uh sanctuary cities sanctuary cities contract against body politic that's the issue So a sanctuary city contracts against the body politic, which means you're looking at full disclosure. Did you have, did you give us full disclosure when you took government money, government grant? Did you give us full disclosure when you gave government grant, whenever you took NGOs, when you did, you know, anything? Did you give us full disclosure? If you didn't give us full disclosure, boom. You also, and I'm about to show it to you, um, you also can swear to rights, swear to rights, which actually breaches those those contracts, right? Breaches contract. So if let's say uh, the federal government, so Tulsa was bragging that FEMA gave him 20 million bucks, right? So here's 20 million. Uh, what's his face? Bynum was saying FEMA gave Tulsa $20 million for like some you know, uh, water, you know, making sure people don't get drowned or whatnot. Um, that's a contract. That grant money is a contract, even though there's not going to be any payment. So it's not a loan. It's still a contract because it's a grant. There's a consideration. There's a meeting of minds. There's an exchange of something valuable. Right. Uh, and, you know, there's always going to be fine details. So if that full disclosure wasn't given, that breach, that that kills the contract. Uh, because it shows bad faith. It's basically showing that the um, the city is operating in bad faith using its powers to go against the body politic, which it can't do. But then now we get to this part, your rights. Where's number four? Number four, rights. Rights. So now we want to go to the, turn that off. We want to go to our rights. 
In Oklahoma Constitution, Article 2, Section 1, all political power, Lewis, all political power is inherent in the people. We defined people as the people that were in the collective in the state. So Oklahomans, right? And government, government is instituted for the protection, security, and benefit. Well, here, government includes municipal corporation. And to promote their general welfare. So boom, that's it. The purpose of government is protection, security, benefit, and promotion of the general welfare. When the city mayor says that his purpose is to make immigrants fleeing their homes coming to our home as his objective on this wedge issue, he is not speaking about the general welfare. He's trying to tell you that it's for our general general welfare, which is why he uses language like, um, uh, what was it? Uh, we are making Tulsa to what's, uh, right? So the, the important progress we are making in Tulsa. So he's saying we are making progress in Tulsa, but who's the we, GT? Is the, is the we the people? Is the we the body politic? Who is the we, GT? That's who you need to know. Like, who is the we? Because he's saying it's becoming very clear it's a wedge issue. He's framing this as politics. He's framing this as a cyclical political issue. What he's not doing is he's not regarding immigration or immigrants leaving their homes coming to our city as something that goes against the general welfare. Which is why you, whenever you exercise your rights, right, which is why the last part is rights, when you exercise your rights, you are directly going against those types of things. You are actually, hold on, I gotta put my elbow up here again. You are, um, you are uh, instructing what general welfare can't right is. You are telling him what the general welfare is. You're, you, by right, have the right to tell people in government what the general welfare is. And when you swear to it, that's evidence. Now, here's the thing. In order for it to not be the general welfare, after you swore, when you swear, immigrants coming to Tulsa or coming to whatever city you're in is against the general welfare, that creates a controversy. This is what we want. We want a controversy in the law. We want the controversy because we want the law to be declared. Now, if the uh, charter is for the body politic, the body politic includes the people. The people have rights. If the people exercise the rights via affidavit to tell the trustees in government who are their servants what the general welfare is, their government servants have to uh, abide and have to address that controversy. They can do one thing. They could ignore. If they do that, this now stands as evidence. You prosecute. They could, one, rebut, but now they've got to be under penalty of perjury. How are they going to rebut? Uh, they're going to tell you uh, stupid codes, rules, and statutes because they got dumb attorneys that don't know the law. The other thing they're going to do is they're going to have NGOs sue you. They're going to have NGOs sue the city. So what they'll do is Bynum would get an affidavit or whatever, and he would say uh, to his NGO buddies who are lining his pockets probably, and they would say, hey, uh, go sue the city of Tulsa, and I, G.T. Bynum, will say, look at this NGO suing us for being mean to immigrants. We have to let all these immigrants in. And because people have been educated poorly, they'd be all poor schmucks, and they'd be like, oh, man, I guess we can't get Tulsa to do stuff because this stupid, godless, anti-American NGO like Hyas is con is trying to contract with this city to give them money to bring in immigration 
which goes against the uh, body politic. Does that make sense? So they will feign this type of stuff. Now here's where the power of your rights versus an affidavit are. Because this NGO, this NGO is an entity. This entity does not have the inherent right. This entity is not part of the body politic. And the body politic gets to tell the servants what the general welfare is. How do I know that? Let's go to our constitution. And they, who's the they? The people. The people have the right. Where does that right come from? Jesus. To alter or reform the same whenever the public good may require it. Which tells you that the people are the ones who say what the public good is, not G.T. Bynum. G.T. Bynum does not get to say what the public good is. The people get to say what the public good is. And then look, provided such change be not repugnant to the Constitution of the United States. So the change that you make can't be repugnant to the Constitution, can't be contrary to the Constitution. So now you got to think, where in the Constitution, the U.S. Constitution, can you use tax monies for the benefit of aliens? It's not in there. Where can you um, contract to uh, work against the public welfare of the body politic? That's not in the U.S. Constitution. So when you put that into an affidavit, swear to it, and tell them this is what you're doing, what is their response? They have no response. Now here, let's dig deeper. Because this was just the, um, the, the amended constitution, right? And the amended constitution, what? It's such limitations imposed by the Constitution of Oklahoma. Didn't we just read the Constitution of Oklahoma? The Constitution of Oklahoma literally has a clause in it called Article 2, Section 1, where the people get to do what? They have the right to alter, reform the same whenever the public good may require it. You, by right, get to tell them what the public good is. You, by right, get to tell them what the public welfare is. They, by law, are your trustees and servants and at our all time amenable to you. So when they get evidence, called an affidavit, sort under penalty of perjury, of what the general welfare is, they have no response in the law unless they do what? They ignore it, they rebut it, they try to do some stupid hoax, NGO is going to sue me, or some federal government, feds, right? The feds, where's the, where's the U.S. Constitution say that we can't uh, define general welfare? Where does this NGO as an entity, a corporate entity, a statutory entity, get to attack our rights? Where does it have that? Where does this entity get to come against my rights? You can't do that, especially since the charter of the city expressly says what? The charter of the city expressly says that the limitations imposed by the Constitution of Oklahoma. Well, I can show you in the Constitution where the people have the right to change the government. Can you show me anywhere in the Constitution where it says that entities uh, or NGOs get to change the government? Can you show me that anywhere? Anywhere. I'll take, I'll take African law. I'll take Asian law. Show me anywhere where an NGO can change uh, the law in America. Now, let's go further because I'm not done yet. Let's go to the, um, the amended uh, charter. This is enumerated powers, not exclusive. Says here what? What does it say? Um, or excuse me, uh, general grant of power. So, uh, section three, general grant of power. Notice how it says grant of power. 
Notice how power is granted. Notice that the power is granted via constitutions. So people upright, see those three people talking, let us make government. The power is granted. You see the, uh, the Oklahoma constitution, whenever it says uh, all political power is inherent in the people, right? The people created the government. Not the stupid servants, not these dumb people. Right, but this is section three, general grant of power. Subject only to the limitations imposed by the Constitution. Whoa, stop. So the only thing that subjects the city of Tulsa, the powers in the city of Tulsa. The city of Tulsa has powers. Sanctuary cities have powers. Those powers are going to be subjected to something because they come from something. In Tulsa, the city of Tulsa's powers are subject only to limitations imposed by the Constitution and laws of the United States. By the Constitution and such laws of Oklahoma, binding upon cities, adopting charters for their own government, all of the other stuff, the Constitution, and provisions of this amended charter, the city of Tulsa shall have the power to do what? What's the very first power? to adopt and enforce all ordinances necessary or proper to protect the public peace, health, order, morals, safety, and to promote the general welfare of the city of Tulsa and its inhabitants. Who gets to determine what the general welfare is? The people. The people determine what the general welfare is, not the servants. When the servants are telling their masters what's good for the masters, the masters are destroyed. I read today, uh, Proverbs chapter 29, verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. We have wicked rulers who gallivant as smooth-talking politicians who literally tell you, that their purpose is to make it better for immigrants to flee their homeland and come to our homes. But that's not their job. They don't have that power. They're abusing that power because they know that you have been trained to think of yourself as a citizen. They know that you have been educated to be dumb. They know that you aren't going to actually look at what their city charters allow them to do. Because this is the 18, this is the 1989 charter. What happens when I take you to the city charter of 1908? What happens when I take you to the original city charter of Tulsa, 1908? The very first one, it's telling you, all inhabitants of the uh, city of Tulsa, Tulsa County, Oklahoma, and the boundaries and limits of said city are here established or may hereafter be established, shall be a body politic and incorporate under to be known by the name and style of the city of Tulsa with such powers, rights, and duties as herein provided. What were those powers? 1908, section, what was it? Three, excuse me, section two. These are the powers. The city of Tulsa shall have the power to enact and enforce ordinances necessary to protect health, life, and property. You notice what the amended charter said? What did the amended charter say? The amended charter from 1989 said what? Oh shoot, I turned it off. Producer of one. The amended charter said what? 
Necessary proper protect the public. Peace, health, order, morals, safety, and promote the general welfare of the city of Tulsa and of its, and of its inhabitants. But the original said what? The original said protect health, life, and property. And then what? And to prevent and summarily, summarily abate, which means to do away with, remove nuisances. And to pre preserve and enforce the good government, order, and security of the city and the inhabitants of the city. Look at this. And to enact and enforce any and all ordinances upon any subject, provided that no ordinance shall be enacted inconsistent either with the Constitution or the law of the state of Oklahoma or inconsistent with the provisions of this charter. And provided further that the specific specifications um, of particular powers herein authorized. Look at this shall never be construed as a limitation upon the general powers herein granted. It being, look at this, it being intended by this charter, the original charter of Tulsa, to grant to and bestow upon the inhabitants of the city of Tulsa full power of self-government. The original charter says that the purpose of the original charter is for the self-government of the people. Does the amended charter say that it's for this self-government of the people? No. No, it doesn't. It does not talk about self-governance in this people or in this charter. So in 1989, the people were hoodwinked. Which means that whenever you go to the original charter, you, what, what's it, where is it at, where is it at, where is it at, where is it at, right here. The original charter, you cannot amend, you cannot repeal fundamental principles. You cannot repeal fundamental principles. So the frame of this is go to the taxing authority and you can very quickly, this right here, this right here, I'll just say this, this is red meat for patriot politicians. You wanna show them this and they will pounce. You wanna show them this and they'll pounce. This is red meat for patriot politicians, showing them that the taxing authorities are being used and abused. You send a Republican, let you let loose a Republican legislature uh, on a liberal uh, uh, mayor, even if it's just one dude. You, you send one of those guys, you let them loose. They will like a rabid dog attack that in a good way. I'm not meaning to insult or demean or anything. In a very good way, they will absolutely pounce on this. So the very easiest, lowest hanging fruit is the taxing authority. Show that to your politicians and say, hey, these dudes are using money to benefit aliens. And you say that they can't do that because that's trust fraud and treason, and they'll pounce. They'll just, they'll pounce all day long. Uh, the next one, municipal corporations, right? Look at the state constitution. My camera's not fo in focus. The state constitution... The state constitution will talk about the general laws and the limitations. Number three, the, the city charter. Go to the original. I just showed you the 1989 amended city charter that does not include self-government. Then I showed you the original city charter that says the purpose of the city of Tulsa is for the self-government of the people. So if the people, Article 2, Section 1 of the Oklahoma Constitution, tell the people of the servants in Tulsa that immigration is a public welfare issue, nobody in Tulsa has any lawful standing to tell them that it's not. 
what's actually happening in cities. This is how this is how sanctuary cities happen. Sanctuary cities are happening because the express powers in the city charters are allowing them to contract. They're allowing cities to contract against the body politic. They are literally contracting against the people they serve by bringing in people, whether it's a tax liability, whether they are beggars or vagrants, uh, whether they are, what was the, uh, poppers, P-U-P-A-U-P-E-R-S, a popper. A popper is one who can't support himself and is a drain on the public, uh, the, on the public for the public good. So if there are people that are flooding to your cities, they are poppers, that goes against the body politic. Quite frankly, you are contracting to replace the people. You are getting paid to change the demographics. You are getting paid to change who is your boss. It's like, you know, you know, accepting a contract to work against your master. And the more that you take the money from the contract, you actually dilute your master, change your master, and you put yourself in the position to subject your master. This is Luke eleven fifty two. Woe well, unto you lawyers, for you had the key of knowledge. Them you were hindering, you were hindering, you entered and not, and them that were entering, ye the, you hindered. It's also Matthew twenty three and verse two when it talks about the scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So the people in government want to write what the law is, so they can be in charge. Sanctuary cities happen because they contract. They use the city's power. I'm, I'm saying this deliberately. They're using the city's power to contract against the body politic. The state constitution secures the general welfare of the body politic. The body politic has the right to determine what the general welfare is. When you use your rights by affidavit and notice and you tell servants what the general welfare is, immigration's bad. The city of Tulsa is not for relocating people who aren't from Tulsa. When you tell them that, you create a controversy. This con And these, these rights need to be coming from your constitution, state constitution. When you create a controversy, that is something that they're either going to ignore, which then creates a prosecutable offense, which again is red meat for patriot politicians, and that builds um, that builds the public support. And this is actually a broad diffusion of knowledge because then let's say that you certify, let's say, let's say that you certify this thing, you certify mail this thing, you can then via Twitter, social media, whatever, you can literally show the evidence of these servants ignoring you. And when you show people that they're actually breaking the law, you've actually got certified mail. One, you're showing people that you're instructing people by certified mail, which makes it more common and diffuses the knowledge of fundamental law, which is good. That's a blessing. That's what we want. The other thing is by highlighting the, controver the controversy and by showing where they're failing to perform, you build support for pa from patriot politicians that go after them because these are your attack dogs. These are the ones that you're supposed to say, go get them. And then as they do that, more and more people go. Then they could rebut it, which is where the dumb attorneys will come, come in and say, well, the stupid statute of the case law. And then you can smash them with your rights because you have the right to instruct. You have the right to instruct what the general welfare is. And if they disagree with you, they have to show you where in the law that it's not. There's no statute or case law. There's nothing that exists in American jurisprudence where a servant in government gets to tell one of the people what is for the public good. It doesn't happen. 
The people are the boss. The people telling their servants what the public good is, is the law. Period. Now, or you're going to have NGOs. An entity isn't a people. So if an entity swears against and comes against your municipal corporation, this thing, then you as the people can give instruction to your servants and say, listen, servants, I'm giving you an order. This entity right here does not have lawful standing to come against me, which means that you in the city are only obeying the lawful order I gave you. And if I give you a lawful order, you can ignore this stuff and no judge is going to touch this because all you have to do is show the text of the Constitution saying that you can instruct them for the general welfare. And that's the law. And literally everybody in government already swore to it. Or the feds could come after you and you could repeat the same process. But this is where you need to learn how to send notice and affidavit. This is what Dave Jose teaches. Real Dave cares for you. The number four, the letter U. Uh, and that is one way how to, um, what's it called? That's the frame against sanctuary cities. I've gone long, but I wanted to lay out the, I wanted to lay it out. And so you can take that and you can replicate it for any city. So again, take the screenshot, take that screenshot right there, screenshot that, and that's what you need to go do. Taxing authority, municipal corporation, city charter, and then your rights. You do that, you're gonna be in a position where you are um, you know, going, you know, going, going against it. Uh, send this to you know your local officials. Do whatever, but th this is this is why it's important that you know who you are in the law. This is why it's important that you slow down. This is why it's important that you study to show yourselves approved. This is why we're using the real law, the Constitution, and not statutes, not codes. We're not using emotions. We're not using opinions. We're not saying any of that stuff. We're saying what the law is, and we're challenging people to come at us. We're challenging people to show that we're wrong. And the more that we do it, the more people will learn. So that's what that's what's necessary. But as the more people learn, you start to destroy um, this, this type of stupid behavior. You start to destroy this type of stuff. Where it's immigrants who leave their homeland to seek opportunity in our city, which is dumb. That's not a thing. That's not the purpose of government. Anyway... The most important thing I do is I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Everything that I just talk, spoke about, it's good. Amen. But that is to show you that Christ's wisdom, that's in the Bible, Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3, in Jesus Christ are all is all the knowledge of, of good, is all the treasures of knowledge and understanding. Um, that points, so Lord willing, what I've done is I've used wisdom to show you how God's wisdom, Christ's wisdom, is good for government for all people. But the most important thing is salvation for your soul from your sins. Jesus Christ is king. He is the only son of God, the only begotten son of God, which means he is equal to. He's not a son as in like God had a wife. He's the begotten son, which means he's equivalent in authority. So Jesus was virgin born. He lived a sinless life. He took the cross in our place. When he took the cross in our place, God poured his wrath out on Jesus. So all the sin that Jaron would have been punished in eternal torment in a lake of fire 
which is what will happen. One sin against an eternal God is an eternal punishment. God says hell will be dark. You can feel it. God says it will be a lake of fire, which is going to be burning forever. The worm that, that, that decays and rots will never die, which means that you're, you're always going to be in this state of torment forever. The, uh, Jesus teaches, I think it's in Luke chapter 19, a parable of a man who just died and he was cognizant, which means he remembered his brothers. He remembered the life he had lived. He even remembered the people that he had mistreated. And so, um, you know, in that position, think about that for eternity. That's just your existence. And that's just for one sin. But we're talking about a lifetime of sin. So God poured his wrath out on Jesus. Um, what was it? Hebrews chapter 4 teaches that Jesus in every way of man was tempted the way that we are. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. But Jesus did not sin. Which means Jesus was tempted, but he did not sin. So because he was tempted, he was vulnerable to that. But because he is perfect, he did not do it. So then whenever he took the cross, he is a perfect substitute for me. He's a perfect substitute because he walked the way he walked on this earth. He was uh, attacked by the same things that, that we are attacked by. When, G when God poured his wrath out on Jesus, Jesus died says that it is finished. When Jesus died on the cross, he fulfilled the Old Testament. He fulfilled everything. He was the perfect sacrifice. He was the prophesied Messiah. He was the one that the Old Testament was making preparation for and laying out was to come. Jesus was physically buried in the grave. Three days later, he physically rose from the grave. When he physically rose from the grave, it proves that he has power over, over death. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that if Jesus does not raise from the grave, those who believe he did believe in vain and they are to be pitied. So if you're a Christian and Jesus didn't raise from the grave, you're to be pitied because you believe some foolishness. But thank God he rose from the grave. There's evidence to prove it. The Bible says he did it. And when you believe that... You now have heard the gospel, you believe the gospel. When you believe the gospel, you obey the gospel. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 says that Christ will return and punish those who do not obey the gospel. So there is an obedience to the gospel. That means you must repent and be baptized in Jesus' name. When you do that, you are baptized in Christ in his death and you are brought back to life. Now keep in mind, you do not baptize you. Many people will wrongly say baptism is a work of us. It's not a work of us. I do not grab my nose and dunk myself and bring myself back up. Somebody else does. A qualified man who's in the church does it, which is what the, the demonstration was. It's, it's the pattern of the New Testament. The other thing is that Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12 says that baptism is an operation of the Lord. So if you're going to call baptism a work, you have to say it's a, it's a work of the Lord because the Bible says baptism is a work of the Lord. And for people who want to say it's only by faith, you have to understand that the Bible says faith is a work of the Lord. John chapter 6 and verse 29. So if faith is a work of the Lord and baptism is a work of the Lord, then you might as well do everything the Bible says, which if you lay out the book of Acts, there's not a one person that's ever saved without being baptized. So you hear the gospel, you believe the gospel, you obey the gospel. This is what is, as the Bible teaches, uh, for salvation. Um, 
Believe and obey the gospel, my friends. The most important thing, or excuse me, that's the most important thing. The best way to help me and to keep what I do, you know, moving, even though I'm a producer of one, is to sign up at patriotswitch.com slash Jaren. This could be as a thank you for the content that you just got. Um, it could be uh, for any, any amount of reason, but it also could be the fact that you're already spending money. You're probably giving it to woke corporations that are teaching children how to be godless uh, schmucks and transgender people. Uh, why not go ahead and shift it over to American manufacturing where no one has the ability to buy themselves onto the corporate board? As a private membership association, a shoppers club, you buy from over four, you can select from over 450 household products delivered right to your door. You enjoy savings, you enjoy the benefit of having a quality product made without hazardous industrial chemicals, and every single time you shop, you bless Jaron and Jaron's family and the ministry that I do here. God bless you. There's links in the description below for more content and to uh, you know uh, spread Bibles, which is the humblewb.coffee. Until then, my name is Jaron Jackson. I do love America. Don't quit. Go to war.